0: Hi, Kath. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really, really well. and I'm really excited about the conversation ahead, Tara. So thank you ever so much for inviting me to be part of this.
0: Oh, thank you. I've been stalking you for months, months and months and months and months. So could you share with our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do today?
1: Oh, Okay, right. So um, in um, memory of Kate Granger, I'm going to say, hello, my name is Kath, Kath Evans. And fundamentally, I'm a children's nurse. I'm a general nurse by background, and then I went on to do my children's nursing training, and that's influenced the whole of my career. So um, that's me, really. Um, my, my DNA is all about championing the needs and opportunities to improve healthcare and healthcare experiences of our babies, children, and young people. So much about 25 to 30 percent of the population. Actually, and I do like to do a bit of running on the side as well with my NHS 1,000 miles, which is where I think the stalking has actually come from, because I know you're a bit of an exercise <laughs> addict as well.
0: So I will come back to NHS 1,000 miles, but at what when you did your training and you did your placements, what was it about children's nursing that you thought, no, this is for me?
1: Oh, well, I I loved my nurse training. Being out on the wards, being with patients and just learning so much was just absolutely phenomenal. And um, in the in the days of the 1980s, we actually used to go to different speciality areas. So I went off to maternity and I loved my maternity placement, and I thought, right, I'm going to be a midwife. That's what I'm gonna do. And then eight weeks after my midwifery experience, I went on to the children's ward and I thought,, oh, I'm going to be a children's nurse. And you know what? That that eight weeks really consolidated for me that it was children that I particularly connected with. I used to take, um, there was a very small tin that Marks and Spencers actually had, um, and they used to um, sell mints. So I took all of all of the mints out and actually filled it with stickers. And stickers were my bribery, actually. So if any children actually needed any investigations or if they needed their blood pressure taken or any bloods, et cetera, I would always have stickers. And you know what, it worked a treat. It created the best experiences for me as a student nurse, but also for the children as well. And I absolutely loved it. So when I qualified as a general nurse, I applied to actually go straight to a children's ward, and I went there with Sister Pat, who was my amazing mentor, and she taught me so much. But also the auxiliaries, nursing auxiliaries, actually taught me a phenomenal amount. And and from um, there, I went to Great Ormond Street, and I was absolutely privileged to do my registered sick nursing qualification at Great Ormond Street, and I loved. Every moment of it. But by goodness, it was tough on occasions, really, really challenging. So, yeah, it set me up for the rest of my career.
0: Okay. What makes a good placement? I see on Twitter, it was my first week, it was my first day. I was made to sit over there. People didn't talk to me. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, what makes a really good placement?
1: You know, the thing that sort of really strikes me is just that empathetic connection just that moment of ah, great you're so and so we were expecting you come and join us this is the coffee room help yourselves etc you know it's often those little things Tara isn't it that can really really make a difference I often look on Twitter because I, I love social media and I'll see that a qualified nurse might be sitting there on a Sunday afternoon creating flashcards saying I'm just getting these ready for my next student nurse who's coming along and it is those those moments where we actually take a step back and think oh I was a student first you know what was it like for me and and we just go that little extra mile um you know those little interventions that actually make a huge difference to people so I don't think it's anything big I do think it's that smile, it's being welcoming, and it's being inclusive as well. And also thinking about the opportunities that we can open up for individuals as well. Have you seen this? Shall we do this together, et cetera? And you know what, when we do that, it makes us feel good, as well as the student getting a really good experience as well. So, um, yeah, it's lots of little things, I think, Tara.
0: And when you mentioned some of your days at Great Almond Street were tough, what do you mean by that?
1: Oh, my goodness. I used to get to know our children and our families so well. Many of them actually had incredibly long lengths of stay they'd have weeks and months and they'd become part of our extended families actually And, and and very sadly on occasions um we lost some of those children some of those children did die and that is really really tough it was a great privilege to get to know those children and to get to know those families and to be with them on their journey But that's really, really heartbreaking. And I think we're getting better at actually supporting staff who experience difficult situations. But I'm going to take us all the way back to the 1990s and probably things like clinical supervision and professional nurse advocates that we've actually got in place now weren't possibly there as much. And to be totally honest, I could have done with a bit of supervision and a bit of debriefing in those really difficult situations where we did lose children. Because whilst I love my speciality time at Great Ormond Street, having spent five years there, I then decided, you know what, I need to go back to general paediatrics. I need to look after children with diarrhoea and vomiting, bronchiolitis, and asthma who have very short lengths of stay and then go home. And, you know, that's the vast majority of our children. Our health care is absolutely phenomenal across um, the UK. The vast majority of children get well and they go home. And that's absolutely fantastic. But we also need those brilliant people, and I take my hat off to them, that really support our children with huge complexity as well. It's fine balance, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's not huge complexity, but we are under the care of the Evelina. And I say, like, it is amazing. Like, I say to people, I feel like when I go to the Evelina, I'm like a celebrity. I can go in, they're expecting me. They're like, hey, Layla, Layla's got lymphotic syndrome. And I'll net the care that I, I always get emotional when I speak about her. The care that I had during a very difficult time with Layla from our local hospital to getting blue lighted up to the Evelina was amazing. It is absolutely incredible from the consultant to the nurse, you know, the slide in the middle of the, you know, like the auditorium. It's just so good. The bar is set very high. And then when my youngest got diagnosed with diabetes and we're in the community, it's very different. Very, very very different <laughs> say no more but going back to what makes a good placement from a parent you know the student nurses. oh do you just great yeah the kids love a sticker the student nurse has got time to talk they are keen to sh- to share what they're learning and it's just you know the student nurses you know Layla would look like look for her favorite nurse and it was always nice when they were there because I had the time they had a bit more time and that was it's so important. And when the, the, you got to stay in as a parent and they're like, mum, go and have a shower. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get a game. I'll play guess who and things like that really make a difference when you're a stressed mum, multiple kids in hospital, on the phone, trying to work, trying to do the stuff. And it's, it's those people that I really remember. You
1: know, and it's really, really important actually to hear you reflecting about the fact that we don't just care for the child. Yeah, We need to care and connect for that entire family if we're going to create the very best healthcare experiences in that situation. And actually, if we can do that empathetic connection again, Actually, we ensure that we achieve better health outcomes because we get better engagement as we actually um, go forward. So all of those elements that sometimes can seem a nice to do, you know, that eye contact, that introduction, you know, having that lovely environment such as that brilliant slide, which I absolutely love. It all really, really matters when we're looking at children's health care outcomes as well. So it's not the soft, fluffy stuff. This is really, really important. So whether that means sort of, you know better kidney results, whether it means better blood glucose results, actually, all of those interventions really, really do matter. So really helpful to hear you reflecting on that importance, Tara. So you emphasise
0: empathy. What gets in the way of empathy?
1: I think the challenges that we're all seeing currently with regard to staffing levels and staff who are really, really stretched and pulled in lots of different directions. And understandably, the public actually being stretched and challenged as well. You know, I think it comes from it comes from both sides. You know, if we're having a tough day as a member of nursing staff, as a member of medical staff, or allied health professional colleagues, actually the public pick up on that. And very quickly, it can actually escalate into a difficult situation um, as well. And and just that, that moment that we as professionals can take a step back and just breathe and think, how's that patient feeling? How's that family member feeling? Can really alter situations, but that's easier Easier said than, than
0: done. Than yeah. it, re- it really is. It is. So what do you do today? Because you said, in essence, I'm just a children's nurse, but you've got had a phenomenal career and you have got a phenomenal career.
1: Oh, I've absolutely loved my career. You know, I'd say to any young person, have you had a look at the NHS and the opportunities? Because, you know, once I did my nursing training, I've actually got involved in education and I loved working with student nurses, newly qualified nurses, and making sure that they have the skills to really create and deliver excellent care. But I've also got involved in management as well. And I've had the privilege of actually working in universities and doing some education, as well as commissioning and informing commissioning as well. And I think that's the joy. Of the NHS, actually, there are so many opportunities, and those brilliant people that remain in direct care environments, connecting with patients with families, are absolutely phenomenal. But we also need healthcare professionals who actually get involved in education, management, commissioning, etc., as well to really deliver improvement to our healthcare services. And I've certainly had those, those opportunities throughout my career. One of the things that I really enjoyed was actually working at NHS England and I had the privilege there of um, leading our work around improving experiences for and with babies, children, young people and families and we established the NHS Youth Forum and that was 25 Mm. young people that we recruited from across the country to challenge us and to hold us to account on how we were designing and delivering health care particularly to our children and young people and the inspiration and the energy that came from those young people was absolutely phenomenal it was infectious me and actually when you get that energy you can actually spread it as well so um, I think that was one of the real highlights of my career actually in in terms of really seeing how we can transform services when we actively engage with the public and it not only gives us brilliant ideas actually you see those young people really flourish thrive um as well and growing confidence so um yeah I've, I've I've loved every moment of my career and at the moment I've got um, the privilege of working with North East London emerging integrated care system and being their clinical lead for babies children and young people as well which is absolutely fantastic.
0: So you mentioned you've you've been given these opportunities but you've gone for them. So so you weren't just sitting there and someone said do you want to be the clinical lead Do you want to do education? Do you want to do management? Like you clearly you're very ambitious. Talk us through the the, a leap that you have had so from a nurse to management. What is the mindset shift that you went through to take that step up?
1: You know that that's a really, really interesting question. And I think sometimes you actually see opportunities. And certainly I've seen them in my career. And I thought, you know what, I'll give that a go. And along the way, people have actually helped me. So I have had a number of people that have just helped to open doors for me. And whether it be a nurse director who's actually supported me to go off and get my degree and then to go off and do my master's as well. Those people have been hugely influential. Those people that actually say, you can do this, Kath give it a go Um, and sometimes we need to go and seek them out but but I've got sort of you know a number of people throughout my career that I will say a massive thank you to and I had my my little girl who was no longer a little girl she's 18 she just had her 18th birthday but actually I was working in London when I just had her and a former colleague actually said we're looking for a lead nurse for children's services and it was just down the road from me and they had an on-site nursery as well And this nursery was open seven o'clock in the morning until six o'clock in the evening. And sometimes our professional careers and our home lives actually align and it works. And that opportunity of actually working close to home with really great childcare, you know, for five years, while my daughter was particularly little, along with doing a brilliant job that I absolutely loved, leading integrated community and acute services it's just all aligned so sometimes it's also about a little bit of luck as well of course you can look out and seek out opportunities you can seek out mentors but sometimes things do align and I think there has been a significant amount of luck in my career as well Tara the other thing that I'd actually say is social media and and just sort of you know Knowing what you're passionate about, and I'm really passionate about improving children's health. And actually, because I actually use social media and I talk about and I engage with people who are also passionate about improving child health, people begin to get to know what matters most to you and they begin to connect. And building that network as well has also been really, really helpful to me so that when there are opportunities, Yes, I may well seek them out on occasions, but actually people also go, have you just seen that role, cap? Have you actually thought about that as well? So I think that network development is something that, again, I've been privileged to actually be able to do. I'll never forget being in a room with Helen Bevan, actually, as um, Chief Transformation Officer. And it was probably, my goodness, about 10 years ago. And and Helen said, oh, you know, who's tweeting? And at that stage, there weren't very many of us set. Um, tweeting, and um, I popped my hands up, and Helen said, "Cath, oh, you're one of my favourite tweeters." <laughs> my like, goodness! Oh my god! <laughs> it was like, yeah. okay, so I'm one of Helen Benton's favourite tweeters. <laughs> that means I've got to tweet really well, and it's got to it be stuff you know, Talk about the bar being raised. But you know what? Just that little bit of encouragement was just magic, and it's just sort of you know thinking about how we use our words positively and I have huge respect for Helen and her work and I will always be grateful for her encouragement as well.
0: So you've talked about encouragement and opportunities and privilege so you are in a privileged position what do you do to give people that opportunity that may not have the privilege that you have?
1: Yeah that's that- that, that you know, that that question has actually sort of made the hairs on the back of my neck. <laughs> Sorry. No. Because I think sort of, you know, within healthcare there are many of us in in really privileged positions. And I'm just going to reflect on on a piece of work that we've actually been doing across North East London, actually. And and a few years ago, I met with some young people who were care experienced and had either been in care or had recently left care. And we talked about employment opportunities. And some of the, the comments that came back when I was asking them about were they interested in working in the NHS were why would the NHS ever want to employ me? It's such a respected organisation and my life experiences don't match with that. And it really took me back and I thought, my my goodness, these are young people who possibly won't have had mums or dads that can drive them to an interview, take them to HM or Outlooks, you know, or sort of, you know, one of their local shops to actually sort of, you know, buy them a new shirt and a new there, how how do we actually create those opportunities to support our young people into employment because we need their lived experiences we we need their their life skills as well and we've been really really privileged to actually work with the princess trust and with west ham and with career matters that specifically supports care experienced young people and our ambition is over the next three years will support 600 care experienced young people into employment across health and social care and I think it's it's opportunities like that in terms of aligning with organisations and actually saying how do we support our young people that, that really do matter to me and that I just think we need to grasp so Yes, we can do mentorship and, you know, and I will try my very best to actually ensure that I'm open and available to support other colleagues where they're actually seeking it out. And the Florence Nightingale Fellowship is, is a really lovely example of that. So many of my colleagues are actually doing that programme and I've got the privilege of actually mentoring them through that. But I also think that sort of, you know, creating programmes such as the Care Experience Pathways to Employment Work, are examples where we can really make a difference when we're in senior positions sometimes within the NHS and I would love to see that programme actually rolled out throughout the whole of the country. I think it was the civil service a couple of years ago took on 263 care experienced young people. That's transformational Often these are our young people who have used our AE services, used our safeguarding services, spent time on our inpatient wards, spent time, you know, sort of, you know, engaging with our looked after children's nurses. Actually, if we can offer them employment, it not only transforms their life outcomes, but actually the life outcomes of their children mm-hmm. as well. So, it, you know, we begin to challenge some of the circles of um, inequalities that
0: we actually see within society as well. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review. wanted to ask you about what have you been up to this week? Give us an insight into the life of... you your clinical lead, director of clinical services.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so I, I've got a number of roles, actually. Um, okay. I work at, at Barts Health and I'm director of children's nursing um, here. So we've got the Royal London, we've got Newham, we've got Whips Cross. So um, engaging with the brilliant clinical teams that actually um, deliver services is is absolutely Absolutely a joy and a, and a real, real privilege. Um, and then I've got my role in the integrated care system. So I've just come off a meeting now with our directors of children's services for um the local authorities across northeast london and we've been talking around some of the really sticky issues that we're actually seeing at the moment particularly around our emotional and mental health needs of our young people and how we make sure that they can access support within schools but also within mental health services when they need it most as well and we've been talking about our children with special educational needs and disabilities and the fact that we've got some real workforce challenges with regard to ensuring that they've actually got support from say speech and language therapies for example and and a real need to actually focus on actually growing that workforce and then this afternoon I've got um, I've got a brilliant meeting where we talk transformation so there's amazing work that actually um, happens with regard to primary care and our hospital professionals actually collaborating to really integrate care and to make that join up as strong as it possibly can be as well. So, yeah, my my, my week is all about talking and listening, importantly, and being out and about. But um, I'd like to do a bit more of that, if I'm totally honest. Sometimes you can get stuck behind a laptop and there's nothing more that um, I like than actually being out, having conversations with professionals who are doing the doing, delivering direct care, and actually beginning to identify, okay, where do we actually need to drive improvement? Where do we need to escalate things? And actually really challenge the system to ensure that the resources are actually getting to the right place as well.
0: Lots there. (laughs) Lots there. So question around transformation. When you're at the top and the initiatives and the funding, the commission thing is badged as transformation. When you get down to the coalface, that just feels like more work. We've not enough resources, even though more resources have been pumped into the system, or not the right, re- or not. It's not felt to be. Someone said to me, "You can't give me any more money. I just need time. Like it's not money that I need. I need, I need another pair of hands." that is competent, and that can hit the ground running. So I suppose, how do you bridge the gap? It is transformational. And maybe when you're in it, you can't see it, because it's just really difficult. What's the communication loop going up and down, so you hear the impact of this supposed transformation?
1: And I think I think there's a real balance there, Tara. And I think it's, it, it's a really great challenge, actually, because what we want to do in terms of ensuring that all of the care that we deliver is of high quality. There, there needs to be some investment in in that baseline, in that fundamental level of care delivery. But then there's also that opportunity of, okay, what more can we actually do to really enhance this care delivery? And we need to get that balance absolutely right. So. Interestingly, you know, on an annual basis and every six months we do a review. We look at safe staffing, so that gives us an opportunity to really say, okay, what are we delivering? Is this safe? Are there challenges? Where are opportunities? So that we can really challenge ourselves against that baseline. And, And then there's that element. Okay, how do we develop that business case to actually really take that agenda forward? And I think that's where sometimes we miss a trick in terms of the engagement with our clinical teams in terms of their involvement and ownership so that we recognise that there's capacity then to deliver on that business case planning as well. At at this time of year, there often tends to be, there's this pot of money. How do we actually use it? And everybody's scrabbling around to actually use it before a certain deadline Mm. as well. That's not ideal, but far from it. And we generally can. I mean, we've been really fortunate at the moment, actually. So we've got um, some significant funding that we've been awarded to actually improve the experiences of our children and young people who've got learning disabilities, stroke autism. So our brilliant clinical teams, on top of their day job, are actually looking at the environments, getting quotes, et cetera, so that we can really enhance those environments with a bit of soundproofing, distraction elements, et cetera, as well as thinking about education and training as well. So um, we're thinking about some really creative um, actors to actually come in and create some conversations around how do we create better experiences. And we're also doing some social stories as well so that our children and young people have got learning disabilities and autism. If they're coming to A&E, actually on their iPads before they actually come in, can actually really see what it's like to access our A&E environments, for, for example. So. But I think it's that it's that clinical engagement that is so important so that we do bring people with us rather than them feeling that this is being done to them. I don't
0: know if you ever found this, and I suppose I work in the world of primary care, that have you ever found yourself in situations where you are seen as just a nurse or does that hierarchy not exist in secondary care?
1: I think it absolutely I
0: was like, have i just said something really wrong there?
1: no i know no, it's it, uh, what 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 a fascinating um what a fascinating reflection actually i i think as nurses we often feel like that i often feel like that i i'm just a nurse and i think sometimes it takes a huge amount of um courage to um to believe okay Yes, I I am a nurse, but actually I've got experience. I've got connections directly with the children, young people and families or the patient groups that I actually serve to be able to articulate that narrative. But sometimes it needs opportunities for us to practice at being brave as well. Again, you know, incredibly fortunate. I have the privilege of actually being the chair of our children's board for Bart's Health. And, and, I, and I'm a nurse in that role. And if I actually look at my other colleagues, they are, they are medical leaders in chairs of the medical board, the surgical board, the women and children, uh, the, the women's board, for example. They, they are medics. But actually, I think the nursing contribution is significant, and we do need to be brave and um, to challenge ourselves and be prepared to actually step into those roles. They're, they're not easy roles, but I do think that programmes um, such as the NHS Leadership Academy, such as the Florence Nightingale programme, such as King's Fund programmes, for example, can all help us find our voice and actually encourage us to actually be brave as well. And having just done um, the Bevan programme, with the NHS Leadership Academy actually having a supportive learning set with multidisciplinary colleagues can really help us, you know, test out our views and test out how we actually present ourselves to actually build that that competence and that courage to actually say, yes, I might have a nursing qualification, but actually my views, my perspective is just as valued as my AHP colleagues, as my medical colleagues, as my management colleagues as well. And I think um, people such as, you know, Ruth May as, as our chief nursing officer and um, within NHS England, NHS Improvement, and people like Viv Bennett in terms of public health nursing leadership are, are real champions for the nursing contribution um, as well. And they're, they're brilliant role models as well.
0: Who is your go-to if you've had a really bad day or a bad meeting and you just need to just talk to somebody that understands you, understands a situation. Who is the first person that springs to mind?
1: And you know, um, I, I have to say, actually, it's my husband. And ah. um, Mike is a um, he's a nurse practitioner. So interestingly, he's got a forces background and went into AE a bit later on in his in his life, but has actually stayed in AE and mm. urgent care throughout his career, delivering direct care, nurse prescribing, assessing, etc. And he absolutely he gets it even though he goes oh yeah yeah but i'm seeing patients day in day out and and you're doing all of this admin stuff and management <laughs> stuff etc but 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 it is it it's a, it's a really lovely complementary perspective and i think we all need those go-to people don't we where um he'll just turn around to me and go i'll oh, just get a grip cast and I, I really need somebody to actually say that to me you know just put this in perspective you know bite-sized chunks so I'm really really lucky to actually um, to have that opportunity but also I mean throughout my career I've sort of you know got a number of colleagues who are um, also senior children's nurses and you know and one of my colleagues Sally Shearer is um, the chief nurse at Sheffield Children's Hospital and she's she's a brilliant person to actually say can I have a conversation about this What, what are you doing about this, and I think that network actually of the Association of Chief Children's Nurses is is really really helpful, and we've seen that network grow over many many years actually to include our colleagues in district general hospitals as well as in specialist children's hospitals, and now we're also seeing community colleagues actually uh, becoming part of that network um, as well. That really you know strengthens. Of voice and advocacy opportunities in relation to the population group that we're serving. So we mentioned at the beginning,
0: you're, did you, you're part of NHS 1000 Miles. Did you set it up?
1: did, it yes. Yeah. It With a few other colleagues, actually. Yes. So
0: could you tell our listeners what NHS 1000 Miles is?
1: So way back, um, five years ago now, we were having a conversation about how could we celebrate the NHS's 70th birthday? could we give the NHS a present? And um, Nicola, a commissioner from, from the north of the country, and another colleague, Cass, from the south of the country, mm. on social media one evening actually had a conversation and said, how about if we agree to actually work towards achieving 1,000 miles over the period of the birthday year, over the 70th birthday year? So we thought, right, we want this to be really inclusive. So we know that there will be some amazing runners that run a thousand miles in a year without even thinking about it. But actually, for some, it could be a real challenge. And certainly five years ago, I wasn't running a thousand miles um, in a year. Could we encourage people to actually walk it? How about cycling it? Swimming? So what we thought we'd actually do was actually say, let's set a target of 1,000 miles and anybody can count any miles that they actually want to towards their target. And we set up the hashtag on social media, on Twitter, and we encourage people to actually post their totals on a Sunday evening at 7.30 with a picture of what they'd actually been up to that week. And it has just grown year on year so actually now if you go on twitter on a sunday evening yep. all i can you're see trending write, yeah. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. all of these amazing staff members from across the nhs but also patients and their families saying what they've actually been up to <gasps> with the most spectacular views and pictures they yeah. are just superb and you know it's, it's just such a lovely community and um nothing brings me greater joy than when somebody's actually oh, i've just gone to my park run and i've never been to park mm. run before for for example or um you know one of my colleagues actually posted a picture recently of her transformation and in terms of that her Linda. well-being it's amazing
0: yeah yeah she, yeah yeah she's like a different person <laughs> it's so funny i think with social media and i think people that uh, follow me on social media like the few two people that do we talk about community and i didn't really get it or i didn't i hadn't found my community i post i personally have not built a community but i am part of the nhs uh, uh, the early risers club and i feel part of that and I think it might have been 18 months ago, it was around the pandemic. I can't, I've lost all track of like <laughs> days and times, but I kept seeing it. And it sounds so silly, but I think other people will be able to relate to this. Can, can I join? Like, can I start using it? And it's so silly because you do actively invite people. But at that moment in time, I just kept seeing it. And I think so many people will look at something and think, can I be, can I join? Can I be part of it? Like you're waiting for this like virtual invitation, and I think in the end I was like Tara, if you want to use the hashtag, you can just use it. Like stop overthinking this. And then I think yeah, every week you, or every Sunday you just post your miles and you see other people's miles, and it's so inspiring. I mean, there's people do silly miles, you know, like I think it was like on the second of January they were like, oh, I've only just done a <laughs> hundred. but but it's not competitive I mean it depends how you take it but I look at it I'm very very inspired but I do feel part I feel like if I met somebody in real life I would feel like oh like we kind of know each other a little like we know that we like running and walking and exercise and getting up early it's a real community should be really proud because I it's definitely up I yep I exercise but it's definitely made me do more there are certain people I'm like right I'm coming for you (laughs) I'm coming for you
1: (laughs) I'm loving that reflection I really really am because I, I, I agree Tara you know so of I mean, I've really connected with people that I didn't know previously and yeah. um, and again it comes back to being brave doesn't it you know we talked about empathy we talked about bravery and actually just giving it a go using the hashtag whether it be NHS at 1000 miles whether it be early risers club And actually, you do come across like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I know a few of us actually got together and we did the Leeds Marathon. Sorry, not Leeds. It was the York Marathon. And we had an amazing day out. And some of us did the marathon. But actually, there were a number of people that actually sort of, you know, broke the marathon up and did a bit of a relay event as well. But my goodness, we had a lovely community gathering at the end of it. Really, really lovely. And the Imperial Gang. Always get me. So they they are really competitive with NHS miles. They are ones to watch. They're
0: they're they're amazing. So people ask me this question, and I find it a little bit annoying because I think you just do it. But then I find myself asking people, Kath Mum, Director, Chair, you do like lots of jobs, and in the the spare time you're writing a blog and you're bashing out a few marathons. (laughs) Like, how do you do it? How do you structure your day? so you've got energy for those things
1: oh you know what I wish I was that organized in terms of structuring my day <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds great actually I need some tips from a project manager Tara <laughs> you just don't you just wake up and you just you must do wasn't you you know I, I you know I I'm, I'm really lucky I mean I, I I sort of you know I look at my dad and my dad was an early riser he was always up you know he, he was a steel worker you know in work and leaving you know just before six o'clock in the mornings and sort of you know and thankfully I've inherited inherited his genes so um being up early is, in, is incredibly helpful. But I also think just that degree of flexibility in terms of our lives and our careers, sometimes things need a bit more focus than others. And I think that ability to, to sometimes go with the flow around, you know, what's the absolute priority? What do I need to focus on? You know, where's my energy directed at the moment? is just really helpful. And not being too hard on ourselves as well sometimes we give ourselves incredibly tough times you know you know I'd I'd love to sort of you know um be doing a bit more exercise but you know sometimes if I can sort of you know just get a mile in then you know a mile is better than nothing
0: on the hashtag when people say oh I've only I've only done 40 miles to this week (laughs) I've only done 25 miles this week (laughs) I just think that we all do it but when it's not you you're like stop it (laughs) just stop it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think, you know, if we can just be kind to ourselves and celebrate what we do achieve, then, you know, life will be a bit easier for us. We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves, should we? Life is short and it's very precious.
0: Definitely. Thank you so much. If people want to connect with you on Twitter, what's your handle?
1: So it's at Evans 2 and it's Kath with a K. And I'd be delighted to get a few more followers. So thank you for that shout
0: out, (laughs) Tara. You've got loads of followers. (laughs) Yeah, you are, I think, social media. It's so funny that so many people, you have lent into it. And I think you share, you do, I think I asked you about, you know, what do you do to Help people, give people opportunities. And you are constantly sharing and celebrating others on your platform. That's what I've noticed.
1: And that that's that's really lovely to have to have that feedback, Tara. So so thank you for that. I think one of the the elements for me with social media is that it's in the name, it's social, it's not meant to be about broadcasting. Mm. And I think you know, if we can just consider that, you know, if we engage actually we we get so much more and we build those relationships and it can be incredibly helpful to our networks on so so many different levels so just that element of it's meant to be about being social and not broadcasting and that that can be you know incredibly helpful
0: definitely well i'll let you get back to work
1: <laughs> it's been great speaking to
0: you thank you